Well, welcome again this morning. Welcome into the house of the Lord as we approach this season of Christmas. And we begin today with a story out of Luke chapter 2. I would like to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke 2. As you turn to Luke chapter 2, um, just a, a few reminders. Um, you'll also hear these in our announcements segment, but uh, our Christmas blessing offering began last Sunday. That'll run up until three, uh, through December the 17th. So just remember that as you plan to give um, outside of tithe and your general offerings for Christmas. And baptisms, water baptisms, will be next Sunday, December the 3rd. So if that's something you know the Lord uh, has put on your heart to, to follow through and be obedient to, um, then you'll hear some instructions about how to do that here a, bit, a little bit later. But that'll be next Sunday, December the 3rd. All right, Luke chapter 2. Let's look at this, verse 1. It says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus dec- decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. All right, let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for what this season entails. And Lord, as we start this beginning of this Advent, I pray and ask that you would build in within each one of us that hopeful expectation. That same expectation so many years ago, your people were waiting in darkness, waiting for you to come, waiting for you to bring rescue, waiting for you to bring salvation, waiting for you to be present. So Lord, today I ask, fill our hearts with this expectation, supernaturally build within us that desire. And Lord, I pray that as we travel through your word, through the story of Christmas, each week, let it be refreshing. Let our hearts, our minds, and our lives see something Hear something new and reassuring from your word. Exactly what we need. Help me today speak in a way that would honor you and help your people. In Jesus' name, everyone can say amen. So behind the scenes of life, most of us, well, we all only see what we see, which is right in front of us. But how often do we have we been in, 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 a, in a place of life where... You're going to a family's house for Christmas or friends. You're going to get together. You've got food you're taking. You've got presents you're taking. You all get there. You ring the doorbell. You walk in and everyone's like, hey, what's up? Good to see you. Merry Christmas. How you been? How you doing? It's good to see you. All those things. And we're all like, oh, it's good to be here. But what nobody realizes is the week before, our life was in chaos. We were running around like crazy. We were buying this, buying that checking off our list, checking it twice, doing all the things that we need to make sure that we have to get done. We're rushing around. That morning, the kids aren't putting on what you told them to put on. 
You're running behind. The oven breaks. Things fall apart. Things aren't going so good. Arguments start to flare up. People start saying things that they don't mean to say. The car ride is a disaster. The kids have spilt the juice. You know, the turkey has tumbled over in the back seat. All these different things are going on. Cuss words are flying, if you're real honest. You know, and all these things are going on. You get out of the car, you bundle up, you walk up to the door and you ring the bell. Merry Christmas. God's good. And inside we're like, but I'm not so good. We don't always see those People don't see the behind the scenes of what it takes to get to a good place most of the time. This story, this Christmas story, it's it's the beginning of Christmas. It's the story we all love to hear about, read about, we count it down. It, It seems to be cinematic. It's just like everybody's just happy to be serving the Lord. Joseph's like, let's get on the donkey and let's go all the way back to my ancestral home and my roots and all these things. But really, what was it like behind the scenes? Let's take a look at this video. Look at me that way. I don't want to hear it. I mean it, Delilah. This whole trip is ridiculous, and you know it. Oh, how's that again? How's 90 miles with my pregnant wife for one? And you're not the smoothest ride ever. No offense. What if she starts contracting on the way? Yes. In fact, I am throwing myself a pity party, and you're invited, so stop complaining about it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't blame you. I blame Caesar and this whole head counting nonsense. Truth is, and I'm only telling you this, under ordinary circumstances, I would love to make the trip back to Bethlehem and see my family again, my my uncles, my cousins, of course, Aunt Yael. But now <laughs> Am I supposed to explain all this? Mary, Mary needed an angel to explain it to her. I needed a divine dream to get it. What am I supposed to do when I get to Bethlehem, huh? Break the ice over some matzah? What is my family going to say when they see Mary and I together and she looks... <sighs> have to make the trip to Bethlehem because I, way, way back, am related to a king. What do you mean I don't look like I have royal blood? It's true. I'm related to a king. And she is about to give birth to a king. And... You said marry her 
So I did. You said, name him Jesus, so I will. You said, you said he would be the son of God. Your son. You are too good to us, Lord. What was impossible to believe still (laughs) seems so impossible. So, girl, you will be carrying Mary, and Mary will be carrying the Son of God. And I will be carrying a lot, a lot to process. This little pity party thing stays between us, okay? Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Born to set thy people free, let us find our rest in thee. I'm sure Joseph had more questions than answers. Concerned about how things would go, how things would look, how he would try to explain it all, just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Unlike so many other people mentioned during this time, Joseph, he only had a dream to go on. Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, he couldn't speak. He knew God had to be up to something. Mary obviously was pregnant, and she could not deny that God was at work. The shepherds would have a host of angels visit them at night. The magi would have a divine star that literally was moving in the sky, guiding them along the way. And Joseph had a dream. That's it, a dream. He had to trust that what... He was being told in the dream was really from God, and it wasn't from something that he ate, that this was legit, right? We all have some dreams at night. Some of us are awake, uh, uh, get woken up by the dreams. Other times we, get, we wake up afterwards in the next day, and we remember some of the dreams. We have dreams. Joseph had a special dream. He had a dream that required faith. He had to choose to believe. He had to choose to trust. He had to choose to obey God. And because of his obedience, it created and set an example for other believers eventually to follow. He had no idea what life would be like. He could maybe try to imagine, but really he had no idea. And him just saying, okay, God, I will obey you. I will trust you. Change the course of history. Change the course of history. And his example of obedience teaches us some things today. And that's what we're going to look at today. The title of today's message is The Gift of Obedience. Follow along with me as we look at Joseph's story and how his obedience, his obedience shows us three things. First off, Joseph's obedience shows us to obey God in the difficult times of life. 
Anybody have any difficult times? Anybody ever look at somebody and you think, man, they can't be having no problems. Look at them. We just never know what each one of us are going through, do we? Unless we actually engage in that time of conversation, but we don't always get that opportunity. But we all have difficult times. Joseph's obedience shows us to obey God in the difficult times. You know, obeying God in general is challenging, to say the least, because we can be stubborn people, right? I know, don't, don't agree with me, because I know none of you are that way. I can be stubborn at times. We want to do what we want to do, right? We want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, where we want to do it. We just want to do things our way most of the time. However, the general challenge intensifies on obedience when you throw in difficulties. When you throw in things you just don't expect, that's hard. That is difficult. Joseph's difficulty was his fiancée was pregnant. He had not slept with her. That child was not his. She says it's from God. Never happened before. Never happened before. His plan probably like most of our plans, is how can I best avoid this difficulty? (laughs) What is the best way I can get out of experiencing difficulty? Right? I'm that way. In natural, I'm wired that way to try to create a plan, devise a plan, 10 10 scenarios of how I can avoid the least painful process. Why? Because I'm smart. Because I don't want to go through pain. Do you? Smart people don't want to just wake up and be like, bring on the pain train today. I just want to do it. Pain train, right? Nobody wakes up thinking, I just want to go through some difficult stuff today. We're all smart people. And so we all create our plans to avoid difficulty. That's just what we want to do. That's how we are made. We, we don't want to have to face difficulty, but we all have to. Joseph wanted to avoid it. Let's take a look at this in Matthew chapter 1, Matthew's take. Matthew 1.18 says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, you got to keep in mind the process of marriage here. They were well into the latter stages of this process. A whole lot of time had gone by, a whole lot of time had been invested, a whole lot of money had been invested, a whole lot of trust had been invested. There was already a signed covenant that they did at the first part of when they were going to be married. So all this time had gone by. They were near the end. They were about to enter into the actual wedding, okay? About to enter into the actual wedding and then the big feast that follows, So they were deep into this. Joseph's plan was like, it's not going to be easy, but i got to find a way to get out of this thing quietly so that 
his, his intentions were right in the sense, I don't want Mary to be disgraced. I don't want her to have to face the issues of all these questions, of all these things that could arise. So I need a way to get out of this quietly as possible to bring the least amount of tension to Mary in this. The problem with his plan was it was not God's plan. It was not God's plan. Let's look at God's plan following verses, verse 20. As Joseph considered this, as he considered this, as he was trying to figure a way out, as he was thinking through about this, as he was debating with himself as to what to do, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Here's this, another dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's word through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up from the dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph was encountered by an angel of the Lord in a dream. And the angel of the Lord told him what to do, to stick with this. All of this is from the Lord. All of this is God's plan. It's not going to be easy. There will be difficulty following through with it, but you must do this. This is for me. Now, you know you better hear God when you're in that kind of position. Knowing that God's going to take you through difficulty, may not understand it all, may not know how it will all play out, but you know it won't be easy, but you know it's the Lord leading. And Joseph found himself in this same position to trust God's plan. He got still, he got quiet, he got asleep, and God spoke to him. God spoke to him. I feel like that's maybe a word from the Lord for us today. Is we need to hear from God. We need his guidance. We need his direction. We need to know what he wants us to do about whatever it is in front of us. But we probably won't hear him in the busyness of it all. We might need to just get a little still. We might need to get a little quiet. We might, I, might even take a nap, nod off, and wake up and be at peace with what he wants. May we hear his voice this season. May we really hear his voice. Obedience is about trusting God's plan. Even when it seems impossible and when we don't know how it's going to play out, some of us are afraid to truly just let God have control because we're afraid of where it might leave us. And so we still hold on and fight for the, for the control of our life, for the control of our situations, for the control of whatever it is, to make it be an outcome that we want it to be. I'm sure Joseph wrestled with that. Even in obedience, he still may have wrestled with that. 
And obedience to, to God is tough even when life is good. But man, when you throw in the difficult parts of life, it can even become more challenging. This same child that Mary was carrying would later grow up about 30 or so years later and say these words that John records. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Be courageous. Be of good cheer. Be confident within. Be undaunted in yourself, knowing you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to abandon your purpose. You don't have to give way to fear. But take heart. Be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. This child that Mary was carrying would grow up and tell us these same things. Joseph's obedience in the difficult time of his life paved the way for the Prince of Peace. Notice how that worked. Peace in the midst of difficulty. We try to create peace out of our own ability. What happens? Typically doesn't last. It typically doesn't last. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes in the midst of difficulty. This story shows us that you and I can truly experience peace, real peace. We say this in our benediction, a peace that is undisturbed and unthreatened. Man, that's the kind of Prince of Peace we serve. That is Jesus, the Prince of Peace, undisturbed, unthreatened, standing in the midst of storm, standing in the midst of chaos, standing in the midst of darkness, and he is undisturbed as the Prince of Peace. And that Prince of Peace, him, Christ, Jesus, is our promise. When we choose to obey God in the midst of difficulty, you and I can experience a true peace that is surpassing to human knowledge and human ability, the Prince of Peace. Number two, Joseph's obedience. Joseph's obedience. It shows us how to obey God in distant places. Joseph had an encounter of a few dreams. The first one we just talked about, the angel coming to tell him about Mary and how all that was going to work out. The second one he has after the Magi make their visit to see the Christ child in Matthew 2, verse 13. It says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I return, till I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. Joseph could have had no idea what his life was going to be like when he said yes to God. When he had no clue what was going to happen when he agreed to continue on to take Mary as his wife to deal with whatever questions, whatever scenarios, whatever was happening, he was going to follow through with it. But his life would never be the same. He just wanted to get on with life, wanted to take Mary, do the senses, get on, get on back to Nazareth, do his thing. But the Lord would, was preserving, the Lord was protecting. And it ended up putting him in a place of distance. 
putting the whole family removed in a distant land. You ever been there before? You ever been in a place where you just feel distant from people? Distant from your family? Distant from your friends? Distant from God? You ever felt that way before? Just, man, I don't know where everybody is. You may be surrounded by people, but you feel somewhat alone and isolated. This holy family, they were at a place of feeling distant. It was not what they wanted, but in obeying God, they were learning to find God in the midst of distance. Maybe feeling, maybe you're physically removed, physically distant from people. Maybe emotionally you may feel distant, or maybe spiritually you may feel distant. This Christmas, remember what Christmas is about. It's about God coming to be with us. God coming to be with us. And remember what the angel said to Joseph in the first one, in the first time. They will call him Emmanuel, this Jesus, which means God is with us. You look at the Bible, you look through the history, it started in Genesis, God walking with people. You get here in the middle of Matthew, you see God coming to be with people. You go to the end in the book of Revelations, how does it end? It ends with God, with people, people with God. You can see throughout the entirety of scriptures that God wants to be with you. God wants to walk with you. God wants you to be with Him. So this holiday season, holidays can, can be a mixed bag of emotions. A lot of different things can be going on, triggers that th- create memories and thoughts and take you back to however it used to be or whatever has gone on in life. But I want to encourage you this holiday season. If you're feeling distant, literally you're maybe physically distant from family, maybe you emotionally you feel pulled apart, somewhat isolated, or maybe spiritually you're like, I just don't feel as close to God as I once did or as how, how I really want to be. I want to encourage you in this. The promise of Christ, the promise of the Savior is just one prayer away. When you open your mouth and you talk to Him and you tell Him what's going on, He promises He will never leave, He will never abandon, and He will never forsake. For He is always with you. I want to encourage you in that this season. Talk to the Lord. He wants to walk with you through wherever you're at right now. Lastly, Joseph's obedience shows us how to obey God when life is difficult. Shows us how to obey God when we feel distant. I feel like I need to go back to that for just a second. That God, you're trying to obey Him. You're wanting to follow Him. But you're afraid to let go. And you're afraid to just really go all in with Him. I want to encourage you today. Whoever this is for whoever this is for. You will never find the peace you hope to have 
until you truly, until you truly let Jesus have the reins of your life. You might do it scared. You might do it afraid. But I want to encourage you, just do it. Just do it. Just go all in with the Lord. Let your yes truly be a yes that you really mean it in your heart. You really mean it in your mind. You really mean it with your words. That you may not, you, you're going to stumble. You're going to make your mistakes. I get that. We all, we all do. But I want to encourage you, go the direction that God has for your life. Don't run from it. Don't try to hide from it. Don't try to think you can outsmart God. Don't try to think you can outrun God. He's going to keep chasing you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You see, that's what's on your heels. What you're running from, you're running from goodness. What you're hiding from, you're hiding from mercy. God wants to shower you with that. God wants to lavish you with that. God wants to pour it out on you, pour that out on your life. So I want to encourage you, the sooner you just let it happen, the more at peace you will be within. And I know there, I have been in some spots of life where I was like, God, are you really sure this is the route you want me to take? Because I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm kicking against it. I'm climbing out, trying to climb out of it. I'm like, are you sure this is what you have? I mean, and I start getting into, into the comparing part of life. Look at so-and-so. Look at their life. They're doing something. Why can't I just do that? Obedience does not wipe away challenges. But what obedience will do, it'll bring peace. It'll bring a comfort. It will bring an inward satisfaction of knowing, okay, God, I'm walking where you're walking. I'm going where you're saying to go. I'm going to do what you say to do, and I'm letting you have complete control. Joseph's story shows us that. And lastly, his story of obedience shows us how we can obey God in the daily parts of life. This is the part of life that every day, wake up, get about your day, do what you do, part of life. This is the part of life where a lot of people don't see it. They don't see all the things of the day-to-day life. They see the special occasions. They see the Sunday mornings. They see the special events, all that kind of stuff. They don't see all the things that happen in between the day-to-day This final part of Joseph's story has another dream attached to it. God's calling Joseph to go back home. Chapter 2, verse 19 of Matthew. It says, When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. He was in Egypt. The angel said, Get up, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up, returned to the land of Israel with Jesus... And his mother, and when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth, and this fulfilled what the prophets had said long ago. God said it way back then. It's coming to pass here. He will be called 
a Nazarene. How many of you had God say something to you, wrote it down, committed it to memory, and it hasn't come to pass yet? I have. I've got journal full of things still waiting on. Still, from time to time, remind myself and remind the Lord, hey, you said this. Won't you go and do that, you know? Let me holler at you for a minute, Lord. Let me, let me, uh, let you and I talk for a minute. God spoke that word a long time ago, 700 years before this coming time of the, of the birth of Christ. Man, that's a long time. There are people dead that didn't get to see it. Generations have passed that didn't get to see it. Man, that, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. God says something, and He doesn't do it until another time, way, way, way on past that time that those people heard it. That's why we have to be so attentive to making sure that we are getting the gospel and modeling the gospel to the next generation. Because the Lord said if you can get him to three generations, it'll carry on to a thousand generations. And friends, I want to encourage you in that this season. Don't let go of the promises of God's word. Don't let go of what God has spoken about you and about your kids and about your grandkids and about your family members and maybe even some friends and some other people. I want to encourage you, don't let go of what God has promised to you, okay? You need to learn that by those prophetic words, that's how you wage war. That's how you fight. That's how you cling to the stake of the anchor of God is you are reminding yourself and you're reminding the Lord. You said it, God. You spoke it, Lord. And I'm waiting on you and I'm counting on you to come through for this. I I depend on you. I, I, I depend on what you have said. And Joseph was in this place of depending on what God had told him to do. Go back. And so he finds out through through this time that had passed, this lapse of time, there's a new ruler in town, Archelaus. This guy was a tyrant. He was was crazier than, than his father, King Herod. Scholars say that He began his reign, Archelaus began his reign by having 3,000 prominent citizens killed. Takes the throne and is like, 3,000 of you are going to die today. Can you imagine the fear that swept through the land? You know, God was working through Archelaus and through these circumstances of life to navigate Joseph and Mary and Jesus to be where he said they needed to be. 700 years went by. Silence about 400 years of darkness. No prophetic word. No prophet speaking until the birth of the new covenant. None of that. And here, 700 years later, the word comes to pass. I got to be encouraged by that. That if God, I can't even imagine how many years ago somebody in my family lineage, somewhere, somehow, somebody way back when God spoke and said, You're going to have 
family that's going to be in the ministry one day. I don't come from a family of ministers. It's not in our DNA, or at least not in my knowledge. And generations go by, nobody preaching, nobody pastoring, nobody doing it. And here it goes, comes from a divorced household, comes from a a broken family, comes from all kinds of chaos. And here God says, I'm going to choose you to, I'm going to, I'm going to call you to be a pastor. I'm like, God, nobody in my family pastors. I grew up not wanting to go to church. I was praying, God, I don't want my family to wake up on Sunday morning and say, let's go to church. I don't want that. That was my prayer on Sunday morning. Let my mama oversleep so we don't have to go to church today. Let me just tell you, young people, those prayers don't work. (laughs) Here I am at church every Sunday. (laughs) I have to be encouraged. You and I have to be encouraged that if God spoke it way back then, He's bringing things to pass now, and He's speaking to us things now that He's going to bring to pass. And there's a lot of things he has said that we're not going to have to wait forever in our, in our timeline of thinking it's going to happen. I want to encourage you in that. The day-to-day life. Hold on. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's take it day by day, one step at a time. <sighs> Inhale. Exhale. There was a few moments that talk about in the birth and the early stages of of Jesus' life where it said Mary would see something and she would keep it, tuck it away in her heart. I want to encourage you, tuck some things away in your heart. Tuck some things away in your heart. God sees you. There are some of you today, you've you've got some real heavy things, big things you want to do in life. You want to see some things happen for you. And I want to encourage you. It's all tied to obedience. It's all tied to obedience. Obedience is difficult. Yeah. Obedience has challenges. Absolutely. Obedience sometimes will make you feel like you're alone. Yeah, when you're saying yes to God and others are going a different way and others aren't going the same way at the same pace at the same time you are. Yeah, it'll make you feel like, yeah, you missed it. It'll make you feel like you're, you're next to nothing. It'll make you feel like you shouldn't be here. Oftentimes, obedience looks kind of awful. Let me just give you the nasty medicine version. The kind you don't like to take, right, Miss Nurse Jackie? The kind that this is good for you, but it's going to taste like garbage. But you'll feel better if you just take it. Sometimes that's obedience. But man, with it, when you just say, okay... And you just keep at it. It brings a peace and a calm and a comfort that you can't put a price tag on. Sure, we all have free will, free choice to go do what we want to do in life. But this story right here paves the way for Jesus to be front and center in us. Obedience. And God was using these circumstances to bring it about because God always turns everything around for good for those who love him and who are living for his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Love the Lord 
and live for His purpose. Live to be obedient. God works it out every single day. Day Day-to-day obedience builds up the bedrock of being a real follower and a disciple and a believer of Jesus. In His famous sermon, Jesus would grow up and preach a sermon on a mount. His famous words end this way in Matthew 7, verse 24. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, they are wise. They're like a person who built a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house... It won't collapse. Takes beating after beating, storm after storm. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Hearing the Word of God is good for us. Absolutely. But obeying it following it, putting it into practice, that is where we build muscle. That is where we build the discipline, the resolve, the ability to carry on and move forward in our day-to-day life. We get sidetracked. We get distracted pulls our attention, things pop up from life, work, family, finances, sometimes our own selfish desires tend to creep up and rise up and pull our attention away from pressing in to just obey the Lord. And this story of Joseph, man, he had real feelings. He had real thoughts. He had some real problems. I mean, this was a pretty big deal. It shows us in our everyday life, if we will just say each day, yes to God. A real God who's not distant, who's not just out there hanging out in the starlights, in the darkness, But a God who's near, a God who's real, man, a God whose presence not only surrounds you, but His presence fills you. There's no other, there is no other religion in the world that even comes close to the faith you and I have in Jesus with the promise, God with us, later God in us. If God's with you, God's in you, God is walking where you're walking. God's involved and engaged in the situations of your life. He sees you when you're crying. Sitting right in there with you when you're hurting. Right there with you when you you feel crazy in your mind. 
when you just want to give up and throw your hands up and be like, this, what, I can't. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is the real deal. The real deal. To fill your life with love, with righteousness, with an understanding of wisdom, to be able to walk through and navigate in life in a way that keeps you in a place and on a path of constant obedience. So the question is, does God truly have our life? Does He have the difficult parts? Does He have the distant parts? Does He have the daily part of your life? What if this Christmas, in the midst of difficulty, distance, and the mundane parts of life, we just say yes to God? What if today you said, okay, all right, God, I'm saying yes to you. I don't know how, it all go, how it's all going to turn out. I don't know who you're going to bring close to me. I don't know who you're going to bring in my life. And I don't know how I'm going to get joy in the mundane parts of life. But I'm just going to say yes to you. What if we made a fresh commitment to Him this season? And we remind ourselves of what obedience to God looks like. It will lead to good things. In the video, Joseph said, Lord, you said marry her. I did. You said name him Jesus, I will. You said that he would be the son of God. And he ends with saying, Lord, you are just too good to us. This story shows us what simple obedience can look like in our life. Not a lot of bells and whistles. Not a lot of smoke and mirrors. Just simple obedience. And I get it. That doesn't sell to the masses of this world. That's why it's meek and mild. But he's always been, always has been, always will be, always constant constant. Paul would hear a message from heaven, the Lord himself speaking to him in Acts chapter 9. He's on his way to arrest Christians and to break up families and put them in jail for serving the master. He gets knocked down, lights go out, can't see The Lord speaks to him, calls him to preach the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. And he would later write these words to the Romans in 12.1. He said, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. Place that before God as an offering. Quit looking around for the special effects. Just place your everyday, ordinary 
life before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. I heard a guy say this recently. You were created out of love and created for greatness. God loves you. And He's created you and your families for greatness in the kingdom of God. But it starts with obedience. Let me invite you to stand with me today. I'm going to close with a version of this song. We sang it in worship. But as we sing this, I want you to declare this over your life and pronounce this as you sing. That wherever you're at, in difficulty, distance, the mundane parts of life, you're looking around for something. Recognize who Jesus is. He's the way maker. And He makes a way where there seems to be no way. But He makes it for those who will walk in obedience. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, we surrender to you now our thoughts, our minds, our hearts. And we ask you, help us to fix our thoughts and our focus on you. Help us to do so in a way that convicts us to just say yes to you every day. You forgive us You wipe away our guilty stains and you give us strength to rise again. Each new day, your mercies are new. So today, we say yes to you. Help us to just walk in obedience the way you've called us to, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.